We have done it. Art Matt, sing the theme song. Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a living of sure would take a lot. The Philistines. The Philistines. Okay, that's great. That was Were you expecting like, that one? Does he? Well, I was like, I was like, how much did he prepare? I was like, well, he doesn't have the first, the second verse. verse done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forget what it is. Okay. Nice, nice. Yeah, you did. No, you did good. You did good. You nailed the melody. That's all that matters. Okay, I'm living, we are back. Yeah, I still don't remember. Yep, it's, yep, we're back. It's, it's great. August 25th. Mm. I'm pretty hyped. We're getting done with summer, aren't we? We're getting done with summer. Well, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna extend it because of the whole Corona business this year. So I think we're gonna do summer all the way till November. I heard this year. So oh, don't cool. worry. I hope they push everything yeah, back I, and some things forward and a sort of weird amalgamation of holidays and seasons. Well, you, well, you realize that back in the day, summer used to be in the wintertime. Winter used to be in the summer until something similar happened. You might have heard of it. It was called the Spanish flu. Oh, oh no. From Spain, right? A hundred. Well, well, that's racist. Okay. So let's <laughs> just not. Okay. Okay. We, we call it COVID-1. COVID-1. All right. First. So uh, COVID prime. Yep. COVID, COVID. Yeah. COVID OG. Okay. Well, let's just dive in today, Armat. We got to learn some history. August 25th. It's been like... Uh, three four days since we've talked about wikipedia and i'm feeling kind of dumb mm-hmm. yep my dumb levels have uh matched yours exactly do you think do you think all of history has been changed since then do you think that now it's going to be full of happy facts well i'm hoping that it is but i'm not uh putting much money on it i you know the the over under is still a little shaky okay so here's the first two things we're looking for okay we want to find out when is our first happy fact Yes. And when is the first woman mentioned in history? Yes, very good. Yeah, I like uh, I like those. I feel like there might have been a third one. I can't even remember right now. Well, okay. Well, yeah, we'll get to figure out a third. Well, the first pope mentioned, obviously. That's pope mentions big. Uh, yep, yep. Maybe it'll come to us when we see it. But uh, yeah, I'm good to go. Oh, let's go. Very first date. It's in the AD, so that means it's all me. Mm-hmm. Seven sixty six. Emperor Constantine the fifth humiliates. 19 high-ranking officials after discovering a plot against them. He executes the leaders, Constantine Potoparagoras and his brother, Strategios, which is a cool name. (laughs) I'm so surprised that someone named Strategios had their plan foiled. Wasn't he prepared? Well, his full name, Strategios Potoparagus, which uh, if you didn't know, uh, Potoparagoras is a sober... What is this word, Art? Sober cat. Thank you. It's a sobriquet that means crab foot. Okay, that's curious. Hmm. Yeah, crabs don't have feet. They have claws. They, yeah. Okay, let's find out what what is, when they say humiliates, what does that mean? I don't Did know. Did he say, yeah. oh, you thought you could kill me? <laughs> Did he mock them? Did he give them a swirly? Did they have to wear, did they have to wear a, a little sign around their neck that said, I tried to... I tried to cause a coup on yeah, the king. Yeah, a sandwich board. An old mid- <laughs> yeah, yeah, is that what they're called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm going to search, which I can't do this today for all of the articles. I'm going to search humiliate. Here it is. <laughs> yes. So I love it. How many, the, the word humiliate, no, hum. It could be humidity. One occurrence of humiliation. <laughs> okay, all right. Oh, that's, Here we go. It's better than usual. Yeah, it's pretty good. So it says, uh, let's see. Assiduous in courting popularity. What does assiduous mean? Uh, Constantine uh, consciously employed the Hippodrome, which was the scene of ever-popular chariot races. Mm. So he wants wants to be popular, so he knows what to do. People want chariot races. 
Yeah. He made the use of circus factions, which he controlled the competing teams of charioteers and their supporters, had widespread social influence, and could mobilize large numbers of citizens. Uh, citizenry. The Hippodrome became the setting of the rituals of humiliation for his political enemies, in which the mob took delight. So, when I like, the how mob. did he humiliate them? Oh. He would do it in the Hippodrome. Mm-hmm. He would say, "Get in the middle of the Hippodrome, everyone. Let's start right now. Loser, loser, and come on, everyone. Come on, join let's in. go. Yes. <laughs> everyone, point. Loser, come on, let's go. Uh, so, yeah, that's what he did." That's what he did. That's, okay, so it says that he he used it to humiliate. I don't know what his humiliation exactly looked like. Yeah, I'm sure there was a. I'm sure they got creative with it if they had such an audience and they said, "Please try to dance," and then the guy couldn't dance, and they said, "Please try to swallow the sword." Not very hungry, so didn't work out well for him. You're actually you're actually right, Art Man. As a, as a leader, is this is with such influence. There's two ways of humiliating someone. We could get everyone inside of the hippodrome and say, everyone put an L on your forehead, mm-hmm. and then mock that guy right there. Or we can say, hey guys, how about this? How about we pretend that uh, what is this what is this political uh, enemy of mine good at? They think they're good at the violin. Excellent. <laughs> Book them a violin mm-hmm. uh, concert in the hippodrome, and we're gonna set up every because. What's better than humiliating someone just outright? We want to convince them that this is their shining moment mm. and then pull the rug out from underneath them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, Build God. them up I so mean, high. I mean, yeah. I feel like this is where tarring and feathering was. Tarring and feathering was invented for humiliation, correct? Correct, yeah. It was uh, not as uh, lethal as uh, you know chopping off a guy's eyelids, but uh, still... I had to just I had to just Google search art Matt because here's the thing oh God the brutal history between tarring and feathering now if you didn't know uh, my great 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 grandfather Eustatius Began mm-hmm. was the first person ever to be tarred and feathered Wow yeah like uh, the Richard the first of England <laughs> so uh, <laughs> oh no that's why you hate that monarchy. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Also, wow! Richard the First of England is the first person to to say, "Hey guys, government feathers and glue." Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll hate that. We've got all this glue. <laughs> Innovative king. Yeah. <laughs> Innovative king. Wow. So, so I gotta say this though. So, tar and feathering. If you're curious, tarring and feathering was invented in around 1189. It says. And Constantine was embarrassing people in 766, so it looks like we're about 400 years off from uh, true humiliation innovation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, let's keep going, Art Matt. Why don't you take us past the 1000s? Okay. We're going right to 1248. The Dutch city of Omen received city rights and fortification rights from Otto III, the Archbishop of Utrecht. Hmm. This is kind of... This doesn't really bring me bring much to the table, I think. What are city rights? Well, the only thing I the the Dutch city of Omen that doesn't seem like a good sign. It's almost like some sort of message, some type of symbol that means something in the future. Oh, is this what the Dutch city? Mean? Is this the Dutch city that's right next to the other Dutch city of Yemen? <laughs> yes, you've got it. You've got it. Listen, uh, listen, listen, Armin. The problem is you're not going to get successful any, anywhere in life because you're surrounding yourself with all these yeah men. Yes. Got to get a couple omens involved, okay? Yeah. Okay, this does not look that interesting uh, of a fact. They just got some city rights from Otto, who's just only an archbishop, not even a pope, not even a king, not even a, not even a czar. Mm. Mm. 
Our Matt, why don't you take the next one? Uh, Thank you, yes. Someone a little more meat on the bone. Better luck next time, Otto the Third. Uh, 1258, a mere 10 years later. <clears throat> Regent George Mausolon and his brothers are killed during a coup headed by the Ar- Arist- uh, aristocratic. I don't know why I couldn't say that word for a second. No, it's hard. Yeah, it was for a second. Faction under Michael VIII Palaiologos. <laughs> paving the way for its leader to ultimately usurp the throne of the emperor empire of nicaea hmm. seems really unhygienic to usurp a throne like if i was a leader i would never yeah usurp a throne especially when someone sits on it all day it's so gross yeah, like get your own get I would, a new throne yeah like oh god I, like, I, I, I truthfully in general i would say never let your tongue touch the throne i'm gonna look at what usurp looks means later yeah um but Wow, George, killing your brothers for just all they were trying to do is do a coup? Come on, boys. It's brothers. Boys will be boys. Well, he and his brothers were killed is what it. Oh, whoops. Never mind. Sorry. I read this totally wrong. He said him and his brothers. Oh, okay. 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 Sorry. Sorry. Hmm. I thought I read this as George. His brothers were killed. Yeah. Okay. yeah, well, yeah. That, that, that's, that's a nice way to die then. Yeah. You're with your bro- I wonder how many brothers he had. Probably 20. You thinking 20? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. 20. Well, first of all, the brothers get no mention. Why is he the only one that gets a mention here? Hmm? I don't know. Hopefully he's the oldest. He better be. He was of humble origin. This is old George Mausulan. Uh, he was raised to the high state office uh, later. This caused great resentment among people. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to search brothers really quickly. Yep. It just says he and his brothers. It keeps saying his bro- two of his brothers. That's implying there's more than two. Okay. <laughs> His brothers, okay, him and his three brothers, okay, then his four brothers. This article is implying he is anywhere. They they mention brothers and brothers and brothers over and over again, and they will not give me a count. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting strategy. Maybe he never truly revealed how many brothers he had and always kept it kept them oh, guessing. That's such a good idea, R. Matt. That's such a good idea. I, if you never let anyone ever know how many brothers you have, you've always got another excuse here. Yeah, I can't, do, can't today. My brother's in town. I thought I was in town last week. I've got more than three brothers, okay? And you'd just be like, how many do you have? More than three, I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Gotta go. How many do you have <laughs> now? Just, eh, could be less than four. I don't know. Well, you just, you just say, uh, well, there's one in town today. That's, my, that's the brother I'm focusing on. And then, boom, you're out of there. Okay, awesome. Let us uh, never mention how many brothers we have. Um, it's mm-hmm. more than zero, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Let's keep moving. 1270, Philip III, although suffering from dysentery, becomes the king of France. Wait a minute, you can't be the king of France because of dysentery? That's stupid. Following the death of his father, Louis IX, during the Eighth Crusade. God, I would have been so sick if they lined up. His uncle, Charles I of Naples, is forced to begin peace nego- negotiations with Muhammad uh, I al Mustanizar, uh, Mustansir, Hafsid, Sultan of Tunis, of Tunisia. Hmm. Okay, so so apparently uh, Philip the Third becomes the leader. He's got dysentery. He's sick, and he goes, Uncle Charles, can you just talk to Mohammed for me? And uh, mm-hmm. apparently that's what happened here. Yeah. And so that's that's rough stuff. I wonder. I hope I never get dysentery. Oh, you definitely already have it, our man. Now remember, uh, the, oh, the, the, the no. you're you're probably you're probably a carrier. Oh here. no, is it latent? Oh, it's definitely latent here. Well, it depends, our Matt. Uh, so check it out. If you, as long as your wife doesn't have it, then your kids won't show it because it is a recessive gene. Dysentery. What's dysentery? 
I think it gives you diarrhea and other bad oh. things. But oh, okay. Yeah. Check it out. Here's the only thing that I know about Philip III before we move on is that he got a review from Dante, the famous Italian poet. So it says that uh, the Italian poet Dante envisions the spirit of Philip outside the gates of pur purgatory with a number of other rulers. Dante does not name him directly, but refers to him as the small nose and the father of the pest in France. Mm, interesting. That's good. Hey, how good is it to know that like uh, that Dante took a shot at you? You know? Yeah. I mean, I I, I missed out on that You're... opportunity, so I'm, it's a sore subject well, for me. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It is. Okay, Arvad, why don't you take us to 1537, uh, still looking for the first woman or the first happy fact to happen? Mm -hmm. Yep, uh, 1537, the Honorable Artillery Company, ooh, the oldest surviving regiment in the British, British Army, and the second most senior is formed. Well, cool. What a good name for our artillery company. God, the British are so close. The Honorable Artillery, hmm. Its purpose is to be the best defense of the realm. God, of course, using the word realm back then. Very cool. Good job, guys. You lasted a very long time. Yeah. And they're still around. Impressive. Yes, the older surviving, I, as of right now. I just hope they have, like, one cannon left. <laughs> they're just like, this is the only one that works. We're spending full time getting this thing to work again. These things are not. Yeah. Yeah, they're mostly cannon-based. Wow. Damn. Some They've of the very first cannons. Oh, they moved on to tanks eventually? Smart move. I don't like that. I don't like that. Ooh, here's a badge I can buy. Let me get this here. Armand, is it stolen valor if it's in a different country, though? Right? No, it's not. No, because no one here, unless they're a Wikipedia nerd or they run a podcast, then they probably yeah. won't know. Those are very rare. Let's keep going. 1543, Antonio Moda and a, a few companions became the first Europeans to visit Japan. Cool. I wonder what that first trip to Japan was like. Have you ever seen, it's actually cool, there's a YouTube uh, channel, I can't remember what it's called. It's called, actually, it's called Voices from the Past, I believe. But it's it's um old writings of people when they first visited other countries. Like It's like the first, exactly this. The first European ever write, write about Japan. It's just their original words and how they described it. It's pretty fun to listen to. Hmm, nice. That's, uh, I'll have to put that, I'm kind of running out of podcasts to listen to. We have to do a much longer podcast, so I have more to listen to. But hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, our Matt, uh, if you didn't know, this is a pretty big trip here. Because if you didn't know, these Europeans, they didn't just show up to Japan and say, "Hey guys, what are you guys doing?" They brought one of the best things that ever happened to Japan. What's that? That's a gun. They brought the guns. They said, "Hey guys, you seen these? Check it out." Pretty cool, right? Wait, so <laughs> I mean, gunpowder was invented in China, and then. But you remember, do you remember the difference what they used it for? Uh, what was gunpowder invented for? We don't. They didn't call it gunpowder. They called it fireworks. They called it firework powder. Mm. Exactly. You've got it here. So they were like, look at this thing. We can celebrate. And we can make cool things in the sky. And the Europeans like, if you point it at humans, mm -hmm. it kills them. You steal all their stuff. <laughs> and then you invent yeah. colonialism. Exactly. So... Very good. Okay, let's keep going here. Still, it's almost a happy fact until you read into it and you find out that that's when they brought the guns over to Japan. And uh, let's see, 1544, the Yakuza is formed. There you go. That's why we don't talk about this. Uh. Okay. Ooh, okay. Uh, 1580, I'm going to read this fact real quick because I'll leave you the good fact, Art Matt. Uh, <laughs> 1580, War of the Portuguese Succession. Spanish victory at the Battle of Alcantara brings about the Liberian Union here. So this does not sound like they were successful. This is the war where Portugal's 
Portugal is trying to become independent, uh-huh. but the Spanish win, and now there's a Liberian Iberian Union. Mm. Yeah, so it was not. They they it sounds like they would have been better off not trying. Although, I guess the journey is in the trying, isn't it? Ah, it is true. Well, that is, true. is a it big is union. Speaking of, yeah, it is a big union. Big union. It's all over the world. Uh, okay, Armin, I saved this next fact for you because I think this mm. technically is our first happy fact of the day. Yeah, this uh, this qualifies. Um, nine or sixteen oh nine, Galileo Galilei demonstrates his first telescope to Venetian lawmakers. Why was he showing it to lawmakers? I guess that's like saying he showed it to Congress or something. You know, a big governing body and being like, "Look what I got, guys." can see the moons of jupiter <laughs> that's not how this went at all our Matt. you do not know the history of galileo at all this is galileo going to going to the venetian lawmaker saying hey guys just so you know um i own all the other planets <laughs> like the what i own these planets here mm-hmm. i discover them they're mine first here uh though I, oh. I can't see them let me show you them i wish what is this oh no vegan if he was smart he would say hey guys can i have all the planets and they're like what are planets and he said yeah sure, exactly and then he says just sign here i get all the planets and now let me show you the planets you guys just yeah. signed over no! to me they're like what those no! look awesome what? that one's got a ring around it mm-hmm. that's right that one spins idiots. on its side oh and then they arrested him for heresy and then he probably was like, fine, I'll give you guys one planet, Uranus. <laughs> mm-hmm. God. I mean. You can have that Venetian lawmakers. They should have They should have been happy taking Uranus, but, uh, you know, they, they wanted it all. They knew about the moons now. They, they knew, <laughs> Listen, I've heard about the moon. I got to know about it. We got more moon facts coming up, Art Matt. I'm excited. Uh, let's keep going. Uh, 1630, Portuguese. Okay, first of all, we're going to do this. Think about there's only two things that happened on August 25th in the 1600s. Mm-hmm. Okay. Galileo said, hey, Venetian lawmakers, here's a telescope. The second thing was Portuguese forces were defeated by Kingdom of Candy. Oh, God. That sounds awesome. Uh, All right, man, I'm going to click on this, okay? Mm -hmm. Set it stopwatch, and we're going to find out how long until I'm on the article for Candy Crush. Here we go. Kingdom for Candy. Go. And Kingdom for Candy. Okay, it's a mobile app-based country. And Mm -hmm. click. We're here. No, I'm joking. And just buy some of those. Buy some of those uh, jelly beans. Those premium jelly beans, and we're good. I need some of these jelly beans, my friend. Uh, It's an independent monarchy on the island of Sri Lanka. The Kingdom of Candy. It doesn't look like it takes up a lot of uh, all, all of Sri Lanka, which is yeah. I mean, I guess that's how a lot of islands are. They're divided up amongst uh, the different factions, but that's a lot of it by the looks. If it's all yeah, the red it's like, part. Yeah, it's, all, it's almost all of it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. Well, okay, cool. So this apparently was just that the Portuguese, they defeated by the king, the small kingdom of Candy, mm-hmm. defeated Portugal, who's trying to become independent in the War of Portuguese Succession. They're getting beat up by this, uh, the Spanish. And then uh, 50 years later, kingdom of Candy, who's... You know, they're they're mostly candy based. Yeah, defeats them. I've never heard of the Kingdom of Candy. I'm very surprised because it's it's so you know like there's been so many games made very similarly, and you know it's it's a very well I'm sure funny way to translate whatever their name of their kingdom is in English from Sri Lankan, but that's cool. no. Listen, I'm sure that Milton and Bradley has sued the ever living <laughs> shit out of the Kingdom of Candy. Oh, okay, yeah. I know old money. What's the guy? Uh, what's the name of the uh, the Monopoly man's actual name? Oh, Uncle Pennybags. You got it, nailed it. Mm-hmm. Uncle Pennybags is a litigious jerk. Okay, and he's like, uh, uh-uh, no Kingdom of Candyland. Also, if you didn't know, Uncle Uncle Moneybags owns Milton Bradley. He is technically Milton Bradley, I believe. I don't know the whole lore, but we'll we'll, we'll see if that comes up today. 
Uh, let's keep going. We need to find something good here. Uh, why don't you tell us about the only fact that happened in the 1700s? Hmm. Okay. Wow. Uh, 1758, Seven Years' War. Frederick II of Prussia defeats the Russian army at the Battle of Zorndorf. Zorndorf, okay. Zorndorf. I, and then he said, okay, guys, let's just take off the rest of the century. That sounds like enough eventful things. In August, let's just relax, mm -hmm. everyone. Must have very been good, very good. So then, same day, 1814, during the War of 1812, that sounds like a wrong fact, mm -hmm. on the second day of the burning of Washington, oh, oh my yeah. God, British troops torched the Library of Congress, United States Treasury, Department of War, and other public buildings. Well, I can understand them torching the Department of War. They don't want that department to be functioning. But you're going to burn down a library? A, a library? Damn. Listen, I'll tell you what here. and You're going to burn down the Department of Treasury? You're going to burn the money? Are you idiots mm. like i thought you guys were british steal the money isn't that isn't this your bread and butter yeah it's a way smarter idea steal the money and then spend it at you know all the nice american uh, uh pie shops yeah yeah exactly i will say this um this is a pretty dark day then uh, you know i'm deeply 1000 percent against the burning down of libraries yes i agree i i i stand by that <laughs> yes I don't care how many enemies I get from this. I think that we should not burn down libraries, which makes me say, if today, on this date, August 25th, if you meet someone who's British, give them a good smack mm. and say, what are you guys doing? A library? Mm -hmm. A library. For real. Yeah. Hmm? That's just Ridiculous. mean. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, everyone assault a British person today. Uh, okay, Armat, why don't you take us to 1823? 1823. I like the looks of the... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. 1823, American fur trapper Hugh Glass is mauled by a grizzly bear while on an expedition in South Dakota. Now, do you think this brought the untimely end to Mr. Hugh Glass? Or do you it think it said mauled? It didn't say killed. It said mauled. Yeah, but a mauling will really uh, does damage. Are you implying that? Are you implying that all mauling all mauling results in death here? Not all mauling, but I am. I assume that all a good amount of mauling le leads to death. Well, this is a bad fact if it doesn't say he died. It should say mauled and subsequently died. But we're going to find out about Hugh Glass. I feel Ooh, like it's one of those fake names where it's like, you know, my name's Humongous or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, Hugh Glass? I don't get it. Um, first of all, when you click on his Wikipedia article, there are multiple depictions of him fighting with a bear, including one that looks like it to be a uh, metalized mechanical bear sculpture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It looks like your favorite uh, genre, steampunk. Uh, listen, it is it, very steampunk. As, guess what, Art Mac? He's best known for the story of survival and forgiveness. He forgave the bear. He was left for dead by his companions when he was mauled by a grizzly bear. And he forgave the bear wow. and killed his companions. I'm assuming he killed his companions. We'll get to that story soon. Wait a minute. Is this what that that movie was based off of with Leonardo DiCaprio? What's Leonardo DiCaprio's you are exactly You are exactly right. Hugh Glass Meets a Bear, the famous movie released on March 24th in 1966. Mm. Hugh Glass Meets the Bear. Yep. I've not seen that before, Art Matt. I didn't know Leo was in that. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, he uh, he's timeless. Uh, listen to this right here. Uh, apparently, uh, Hugh Glass wrote a letter to his the parents Aww. of John S. Gardner after he was killed. Wait a minute, what is this? If, if this isn't bear-related. I'm not happy. Uh, the savages are greatly treacherous. We traded with them as friends, but after a great storm of rain, they came to us. Uh, before light, many were hurt. I was shot in the leg. Ooh. Okay. Right in the leg. Okay. So, 
here it is. Here's the grizzly bear mauling. Oh, Let's vegan. find out Hold on one minute. Details. This story, I hope it is as good as the Roy Sullivan lightning strikes story. God, yeah, let's so, just let's so, just like I'm, let's hope for the best. I'm definitely hoping for the best. Okay, the first of all, the article is called Grizzly Bear Mauling. The title starts off good. Mm -hmm. So Glass and the rest of the Ashley party were going to Fort Kiowa to regroup for a trip west. Uh, Andrew Henry, Ashley's partner, had joined the group. He and Glass and several others were going to the Yellowstone River. Uh, they were scouting for game. And then all of a sudden, Glass surprised and disturbed a grizzly bear with two cubs. The bear charged, Bad. picked him up, bit, lacerated his flesh, severely wounded him, forced him to the ground. Glass nevertheless managed to kill the bear with the help from his trapping party. But he was left badly mauled. Mm. The men were convinced he would not survive his injuries. Uh, nevertheless, they carried uh, Glass on a litter for two days. They, they earlier implied they left him for dead. It sounds like they didn't leave him for dead. They tried to carry him for two days. Yeah. That sounds that sounds nice of them. Wow, look at that river. Yeah. That's a gorgeous river here. Uh, despite his injuries, he regained consciousness, found himself abandoned without weapons or equipment. He had festering wounds, a broken leg, deep cups in his back, exposed his bare ribs. He was mutilated alone and 200 miles away oh from the nearest fort. God. Glass set the bone of his leg, wrapped himself in the bare hide of his companions, had placed over him as a shroud and began crawling back. To prevent gangrene, he allowed the maggots to eat his dead, infected flesh in his wounds. What? Oh, okay, okay. Begin, please read the next uh, next sentence. Under Thunderbutt <laughs> as a navigational landmark. <laughs> I tried to read without laughing. Uh, it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> it's very hard. Let me try real quick. <laughs> okay, go, go, go. Under Thunderbutt. <laughs> Under Thunderbutt. <laughs> It's impossible. Why? See, I told you this 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 paragraph would pay off, or this uh, this article would pay it off. Good. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, okay. Under Thunderbutt, as a navigational landmark, he crawled overland south toward the Cheyenne River, where he also are Can I get some credit right there? You okay, remembered. You know I pronounced that right. You remembered. You know I'm why? very proud. That's all Oregon Trail. Okay. Mm. Uh, the journey took him six weeks. He survived mostly on wild berries and roots here. Jeez, Louise death uh, okay listen check this out then he was killed by an attack by the uh shawnish indians in north mm. dakota i love this guys damn whoa oh my god he's been in more movies uh art matt what you are correct he is the oh, revenant the revenant yeah he literally is that movie. He's in World of Warcraft. He's in World of Warcraft as a deranged merchant in the Grizzly Hills alongside his pet bear, Griselda. Who cares about Leonardo DiCaprio? He's in World of Warcraft. Vegan, we got to re-roll our characters or whatever the fuck it is and like get in there real quick. And, like, <laughs> I'm re-rolling them. I'm re-rolling them. Mm -hmm. Wow, he's got, he's got books, movies, plays, songs, everything about him. Just for being killed by a... Just for surviving a bear attack? Uh-huh. Hmm. Well, hold on now. What, it says right here... Uh, go back real quick. That the Burning Crusade and the Lich King, <laughs> okay, wait, the Shadowlands, has a bear, etc. The Frozen Throne. Ugh. Okay, let's let's dive let's dive into the Mist of Pandaria because I know this is a panda-based expansion pack, and there's got to be some more references to these bears. Bear here. attacks. Yep, you got uh, it. Oh no, the okay. pandas are wearing one of those hats. I don't know what they're called, but they're definitely from China. This is expensive. Uh, yeah, Okay. I guess <laughs> they don't they don't wear hats. Pandas don't wear hats. Panda you can tell that this is uh this is uh oh God. fiction. I'm reading about the monk class. I gotta get off this. I gotta get off this. Okay, I'm reading about the race of anthem anthropomorphic giant pandas was started as an April Fool's joke. No, I gotta get off this. I know what happens if you read the Oh wait read one paragraph. Yeah, yeah. You you get sucked in instantly and then you'll be yeah. doing quests all day and farming for gold. Yep. Let's go go back to Hugh Glass real quick. I need to see something. 
And then scroll what up to the, the bear fight, the very end of the bear fight. The end of the bear fight. Here you go. And now, uh, yeah, click on Thunderbutt and then bookmark it. <laughs> you want to click on Thunderbutt. God, you're not going to click Thunder. It's, it's a butt. It's not that big of a deal. It's a prominent butt hmm. located in the southwest corner of... It's, 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 seriously, uh, it's a landform can be seen in many directions. You could replace Thunderbutt with someone else's butt, a human butt. It's a know? real butte. This would be pretty funny. Yeah. It is a butte. Um, okay. Uh, it's it's part of the Wakanya Paha language of the Lakota people. <laughs> the butt has a historic religious and cultural significance. God, in traditional uh -huh. Lakota lore, thunder originated on the butt. I can't stop reading it. It's, in, okay, it's, it's breathtaking. I'm very mature. Mm -hmm. um, let's keep going. Good job, Hugh Glass. You're really cool. Yeah. Uh, take us to 1825, Art, Matt. 1825. The 33... Orientals declare the independence of Uruguay from Brazil. Okay, I don't, I've never heard of these, this group before. Military revolutionary led by Juan Antonio Lavalia and Manuel Oribe of the Empire of Brazil. I gotta tell you the truth here. Um, I did not, when they said the 33 Orientals, I did not expect a Brazilian clan. No, I did not either. That the was here. I, I, I did not expect to even see uh, Uruguay and Brazil at the end of the sentence after taking a look at it. I was like, okay, well, I, think I, I think I can clock where this is about to uh, take place. Nope, it's in Uruguay. Hmm. I'm off. Well, I was going to say, any, if someone says, oh, here's why. It became famous. Wait. They began an insurrection for the independence of the Oriental Province. Here it is. In a historic territory in Uruguay. There you go. So this is actually really good news, Art Mac, because now if anyone ever mentions, ever says the word Oriental, you'll be like, oh, you're from Uruguay. <laughs> and that's it. Mm -hmm. And you win. Done. You won. You won that one. Yep. If they didn't, if they don't get the joke, they're a Philistine. Yep. Yep. And then if they are, they're they're welcome to uh, to come join us on the podcast. 100%. Come on, come on the podcast, Brandon Person. Okay, let's do a quick fact here. 1830, the Belgian Revolution begins. Tell me when it's ended, okay? Mm -hmm. Good job. You're starting today. Get yeah. it going. Nice. Okay, now here's the real main event here. I, I know this is what we're looking for, Art Matt. Loving the Hit title us. of this. Oh, thank you yes. so much. Oh, you're so you're so generous. 1835. The first Great Moon Hoax article is published in the New York Sun, announcing the discovery of life and civilizations on the moon. Oh, the New mm. York Sun. How oh the tales you weave. <laughs> Okay, here it is. The New York ho hoax refers to six articles that were published by the Sun. They were supposed to be the discovery of civilization on the moon. Oh my God, Armat. The people on the moon are the coolest looking people I've ever seen. They have bat wings. They're covered in fur. Mm -hmm. They're ripped. They're as uh, big as a mountain. They're as big as a mountain. They have excellent ballet form. It, hold on a minute. Is this a picture of one of them supposedly on the moon? Is this what people looked up at the moon and said, like, looks like it's got mountains up there. It doesn't look like a big white, like blasted wasteland <laughs> oh this is exactly what they saw up there okay now really quickly it says right here uh th this was attributed to sir john herschel one of the best known astronomers imagine just being like yeah there's a new article here yeah you guys all know that astronomer he discovered people on the moon you're like you're in the paper the next day i did what mm -hmm. <laughs> i said what i did of no no guys not. guys I helped discover ultraviolet rays. No, no, no. You discovered moon people no no, no. I, I discovered the seventh planet okay i just got he discovered uranus He's the one. 
No, I'm wrong. Sorry, sorry. His father discovered Uranus. What? Um, he he named the seven moons of Saturn and the four moons of Uranus, but his father was the one that discovered Uranus. Damn. Wow, this family fucking loves space. He invented the blueprint? What the fuck? What are you talking about? Like, that's like a phrase where you're like, yo, yo, John Herschel, yo, he's the truth, man. He's got the blueprint. Mm-hmm. You know, did like, he just, it's like the greatest. Wow. What did they use before blueprints? Like just white prints? Like I now I'm curious. Probably back then it was probably parchment colored prints, I'm guessing. Yeah. Like probably it's probably like a tan print. Uh this is a technical drawing using content print using light sensitive sheets introduced by Sir John Herschel, famous discoverer, namer of the four Uranus moons mm-hmm. and also the discoverer of the people on the moon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First guy to discover other people outside of the outside of the uh planet. Discovered the moon people. Okay, here we go. This is going to be good. The article described animals on the moon, including bisons, goats, unicorns, bipedal, tailless beavers. I love that. Okay. So they were like, yo, yeah, they got beavers up there. Beavers? That seems like, don't they, they don't got tails, though. So, yeah. Okay. That was the best part. <laughs> but how do they balance? Like, no, they walk on two feet. Mm. What makes it a beaver? Like, yeah, don't worry about it. Okay, they got bat lined winged creatures, humanoids, who built temples. Ooh. Uh, Vespertilo homo, which is uh, winged humanoids. There were trees and oceans and beaches, and we found all of this through our telescope here. Mm. Wow. Okay, so here we go. Authorship was written by Richard Adams Locke. R- Richard Adams Locke, who was a reporter, he admitted to being the author, author in 1845 years later, even though the rumors were still going on here. Mm-hmm. According to the author, his intentions were first to create a, sensual, sen, a sensationalized story which would increase sales of the sun. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, number two, to ridicule the more extravagant astronomical theories that had recently been published. What? what? I wonder what they were talking about. Well, right here, if you didn't know, uh, Franz von Paula Grutensian, professor of astronomy at Munich, had just had a paper called The Discovery of Many Distinct Traces of Lunar Inhabitants, Especially of One of Colossal Buildings. So this guy's like, yeah, no, you didn't discover that. Mm-hmm. Here's a here's a uh, satire that I will publish. Yeah, literally, literally published satire. Here, it says right here that a more direct o- object of Locke's satire was old Reverend Thomas Dick, also known as the Christian Philosopher. Uh, Dick had computed that the solar system had 21 trillion inhabitants. That's what, 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 mm-hmm. so cool scientist. How do you get that math here? He did the math. Yeah, he did the math based on what he knew, which was that there was, you know, so many people here. So there's got to be that many out there. Well, hey, check this out. Apparently, according to his math, he calculated there was 4.2 billion inhabitants on the moon. Oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, uh, Arbat, a bunch of famous people. He was very popular. This Christian philosopher. Many people were a fan of him, including Ralph Waldo Emerson. <laughs> yes. And then yes. it says yes. Yes. citation needed after that. So I'm sure Walt, yes. the Emerson yes. Yes. Uh, estate is just like, please get rid of this. Ugh. How do we How do we officially get rid of this information? Seriously, can you think about this fact, Arbat? That means that every time you read Ralph Waldo Emerson, you have to remember in the back of your mind, he thinks there's 4.2 billion people on the moon. Yes. That's really cool. And no wonder he's. So well, I don't know if he thinks there's. Yeah, exactly, hundred uh, percent. Reactions. According to the legend, the sun's circulation increased dramatically, and it and it remained permanently greater. It worked. Yeah. Well. Now the, uh, the people okay. of New York City were probably immensely stupider for a number of generations after that. But oh, it was. No, 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 no. 
we'll listen to this art, Matt. It says that it was discovered to be a hoax several weeks after publication. The newspaper did not issue a retraction. <laughs> do they still have to do that? Are they just writing on it? There could be guys up there. You don't know. Have you, you been to know. the moon? You haven't, have you been up there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How's your telescope? Uh, so, the, so, so, so John Herschel, the person they attributed to discovering this, says he was amused by the hoax, noting that his real observations would never be as exciting. But then he later became annoyed because he kept having to answering, what are the moon people like? Like, not, they, it's, a, it's a joke. So how, how big are their wings? Mm-hmm. No, no. <sighs> how often do they come down here with their wings and just like look at us uh, when, when we're sleeping? And what stuff? kind of powers do they have? What happens if you eat the moon people's wings? Because that's always what we try and do is eat yeah, we will eat anything, especially come from. Ooh, it gets darker. It gets darker because then Edgar Allan Poe said that the story was plagiarism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His work. He said that he said that he had written a story called "The Unparalleled Adventure of One Hans Pfaal," hmm. and his editor at the time was the same writer. Oh, <laughs> oh no, Edgar! You got him dead to rights. This one guy clearly. Oh my God. Oh, listen to this. Poet published his own moon hoax late in June 1835. Why aren't we all reading in school Edgar Allan Poe's famous moon hoax? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And are ridiculous. They, are, Who cares about a raven? Are they? Are these still happening, too? Like The moon hoaxes? Oh, yeah, 100%. I'm releasing one today. Mm, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, we definitely did the historical data release one here. Uh, so it says right here that Poe described the ver- voyage of the moon in a hot air balloon. <laughs> <laughs> oh Poe, you simple, simple man! It says that Poe was uh, his ho- uh, hoax was less successful because of the satiric and comic tone here, and so Locke was able to upstage him and steal his thunder by doing a more serious one. I bet Poe was so pissed. Steal Dear his God. thunder? They use that term. Wasn't that <laughs> stealing thunder? What? I think stealing thunder comes from Friends. I think that's where it maybe became most popular. So a, a line from the Friends. TV show Friends. Yeah. Yeah, started... The TV show Friends is where the phrase stealing his thunder comes from. Yeah, to steal one's thunder. Yep. It was when the gr- the girls were all arguing about how uh, they weren't uh, weren't uh, getting along and, and, and et cetera. Are you, Joe? I feel like you're... Me- I feel like you got told that fact, and then now you are going to keep telling anyone. Here Meaning it is. Uh, here it is. Seven- 1704. Mm-hmm. Uh, here we go. Uh, uh, the- okay, let's find out. Steel One's Thunder. Devices that produce the sound of thunder have been called on theatrical productions for centuries. The methods used including rolling metal balls down troughs, grinding lead shot in bowls, shaking sheets of thin metal. The later device, latter device called a thunder sheet is still used today. The bowl method was referred to in Alexander Pope's literary satire, he said, uh, called The Dunciad, published in 1728, with Shakespeare's nature or Johnson's art. Let let others aim. Tis yours to shake the soul with thunder rumbling from the mustard bolt. That does not sound like the origin of steal your thunder. You are okay. Yeah, still up in the uh, air, isn't it? Thank God. Oh my God. Yeah, you were. I was like, I was like, I got you, you mother. You think everything's <laughs> from Friends? You think it's from Friends? I can't wait till not, it's from Sir, not ninety. Sir not ten percent of things aren't from Friends. I'll admit. I'll admit that. I am looking for the actual. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna add etymology. I'm gonna add. That's that's the key magic word. Mm-hmm. Steel Thunder. Just type in Steel Thunder, friends. I don't want to do that because it's going to get, end up all these articles about Began once again steals his friend's thunder by launching his mm. own. Yes, and I've trapped you in a Google bombing, haven't I? <laughs> oh, wait, this isn't Google. Yeah, you it's do, you do. Uh, steal his thunder. Mm. Steel Thunder definition. Here's a, I've got a picture of a friend's screenshot here. No, oh, that's odd. I went, huh, what were we 
was just talking about? Could be anything. Mm, okay, I'm gonna look at the screenshot. What it says, it says right here. It says maybe you can't. This is okay. So first of all, Monica saying maybe you can't stand that your formerly fat friend is getting married first, and then Rachel says, "What now? You know what? That is so unfair." Now I wanted to steal your thunder. Come on, Ross. Let's go have sex. And then Ross That's quickly it. hurries off to go have sex with that Rachel. It says the origin of this phrase is attributed to playwright John Dennis. In 1704, he invented a new method of creating thunder here. Yeah. Oh, here it goes. He said, nope. It says right here. Uh, you're wrong, Art Matt. It says right here, John Dennis invented this new way of making thunder here. He used in his play Appius in Virginia. The play was unsuccessful. However, then Shakespeare the next day was using his new thunder technique. And he said, damn them. They will not let my play run, but they will steal my thunder. Yeah, well, I was saying that the phrase got more popularized by friends. I didn't say that they invented it. Oh, never mind. Then. Yeah. Okay, you are correct. And also, don't Did roll the tape the back on that one. Okay. I, I will not. I will not. I will not. Good job, Art Man. Wow, interesting fact. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is the uh, been a real nice we... rabbit hole, isn't it? Yeah, actually, yeah. The moon hoax always, always ends up on Friends again. Mm. Oh, it always, I just like okay. The the first moon hoax, the third moon hoax, the fourth moon hoax. Two hours later, they were on a break. That's a Friends reference. <laughs> they were. On uh, break. <laughs> yes. I only thing I don't like is it said the first great moon hoax, and when I click on this article, they're not giving me an, an article I would like, which is called moon hoaxes. Mm -hmm. The Where's category the of moon generic. Yes. <laughs> like, how can you say the first moon hoax, and then not have any other papers here or any other? There's there's no moon hoaxes. See also, okay. See also a man in the moon, a moon landing conspiracy theories. Nah, there's no moon moon hoaxes article. Hmm. Okay, That's pretty weird. good, pretty good. I'm so glad that Edgar Allan Poe was pissed because no one cared about his moon hoax. Mm -hmm. Edgar Allan, what a what a crazy guy. Well, let's get actually. I think this might be considered, in my opinion, uh, moon hoax. That's not good. Uh, the guy surviving a bear attack. That's not good. This is maybe the very first happy fact of the day. 1875, Armat, take us. 1875, Captain Matthew Webb becomes the first person to swim across the English Channel, traveling from Dover, England, to Calais, France, in 21 hours and. 45 minutes a whole day a swimming that's what, sounds like a fun day we did have didn't we uh, have a fact uh, maybe like a month ago that uh about the first woman who did that we did mm -hmm. we did no women have been mentioned so far in history up to 1875 right now oh my god you're right none there's no oh boy not a single woman has been I'm pretty Imagine. sure women were, they were invented in the 19th century. Is that true? I think so. According to, I think they, they premiered around mm -hmm. post-World War II is when I typically you hear about them. Well, you know, I don't know anything about women. Yeah, me neither. I think Rosie the Riveter was the first woman in history. I'm not 100% sure. We'll, we'll keep going here. Yeah. Um, nice job. Hey, good job, Matthew Webb. Uh, do, first of all, why is every person who's always a famous swimmer have a very nice mustache? Well, I think when swimming was became most popular is when... When this was the fashion. And you didn't want your upper lip to f get too cold while you were swimming in the choppy channel. It's true. It's true. It's true. Guess what? How You know how he died? Oh, I see right now. S yep. Tell us. <laughs> yeah. Swimming in the Whirlpool Rapids below Niagara Falls. A feat declared impossible and proved to be impossible <laughs> by him. <laughs> I mean, he swam in him for a bit, but it did lead to his downfall, did it? Didn't it? Oh wow! His, on his uh, on his grave, it says nothing great is easy. Very good, very good. As he died in swimming in his uh, hey, this ain't easy you know. down here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Breathing water. Oh, nice job. It's not easy, but it is great. 
It is great. Okay, let's keep going. 1883, France and Vietnam signed the Treaty of Hue, recognizing a French proctorate over Annam and Tonkin. Hmm, some sketchy French deals. Yeah, they did love Vietnam, didn't they? 100%. Uh, Art, Matt, why don't you pronounce these next words? 1894. Kitasato Shiba Suboro discovers the infectious agent of the bubonic plague and publishes his findings in The Lancet. Whoa. Lancet's been around for a while, ain't it? Yeah, 100%. So this is a Japanese physician and bacteriologist. Figured out this bubonic plague here. Mm -hmm. He figured out simultaneously with Alexander Yersin, who is a French bacteriologist here and known rival. Mm -hmm. Famous, famous rival. He died of intracranial hemorrhaging. Okay. That's... No reason why. No reason why. That's just how it happens sometimes, I suppose. Oh, actually, him and his student were able to isolate and describe the organism that caused dysentery. What a little, uh, little callback there. A little callback, yeah. Throwing right back to nice. that callback. Nice. Okay, let's keep going. 1898, 700 Greek citizens, 17 British soldiers, and a British consul of Crete are killed by a Turkish mob in Heracleon, Greece. Hmm. Okay, that's a sad fact. That's a sad fact. There's also no links to click on. That's like, here's the what happened that day. I can, I can click on Crete. But I don't want to read the whole history of Crate. Yeah. Actually, so, uh, boy, that is a really good... You know what? I'm just realizing that's a good uh, sort of method for determining whether or not a fact is good or not. Because I would click on probably Bubonic Plague, the Great Moon Hoax link, yeah. but just Crete uh, and this particular city in Greece. No, Greece? Yeah, Greece. No, yeah, thanks. I, okay, Armin, let's try something new, okay? Or right, we've done this a little bit before here. Mm -hmm. Why don't you do the next two World War Twos? Mm -hmm. The two World Wars? World War One, two, the next two World War One facts. Okay, yes, I shall do that. Uh, this first one, 1914, World War One, Japan declares war on Austria, Hungary. Yep, we saw that coming. Uh, and and on the exact same day, uh, the library of the Catholic University of Leuven is deliberately destroyed by the German army. Hundreds of thousands Stop. of irreplaceable volumes and Gothic Renaissance manuscripts are lost. Fuck. Stop doing this. Stop burning down libraries. Okay, Germans, now you're on my shit list, too. Okay, mm -hmm. you're officially on my shit list. And also, Gothic manuscripts, come on. They're so cool. Oh, my God. I bet they have all those other, like, princes of hell in them, too, and stuff like that. Ugh. And they now probably, they're gone. They probably they probably burned up, like, super cool old versions of Harry Potter, you know, that are, like, in big old hardcover books. Mm -hmm. <sighs> yeah. Ridiculous. Maybe a tome. Yeah, God, it's so sad, so sad. Let's keep going. Here's actually a happy fact. 1916, the United States National Park Service is created. This was actually one of the only cool things that America has ever done. Is that true? Mm, yeah, I mean, this is uh, definitely up there with the, with the, what I assume if you, if you take every, everything that America's done and put it on a big list and then sort it by how cool it is, I bet there's a lot of bad stuff on there. Yeah, but yeah, man. And this is not good job, one. Wilson. Good job, Hoover. Hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Parks are cool. Parks are good. I just like that you're. I just like that it's like they're not. There's a section here. It's like let's keep this part a little bit pretty. Let's ruin the rest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. Okay, Art Matt, why don't you take us to everything up until World War II? There's three facts right in a row, and this is kind of like setting the stage for what's going to happen in World War II. All three of these things directly did kind of contribute. Yes, yes. Uh, let's take a look here. 1920, Polish-Soviet War, Battle of Warsaw, which began on August 
uh, 13th, ends with the Red Army's defeat. Okay, good job, uh, Poland. Hooray! Mm -hmm. And then uh, much later, 1933, the Diaxi earthquake strikes Mao County, Sichuan. Uh, it might not be Sichuan. It's Sichuan, China. And, uh, and this uh, particular earthquake kills 9,000 people. Um, oh. Mao County. Okay, so how... What were you saying? I was going to say, they have counties and they call them counties in China? Not like prefectures or or uh, departments in uh, in different... Yeah, just a standard county. A little county. Okay, deal. Cool. Traditional Chinese county. Oh, it's in... Actually, I, Nagawa Prefecture. Towns, townships, transport. Yeah, I'm kidding. I think that word county might be wrong. I think they used the wrong word there. Let's correct this here. Mm -hmm. Some... Okay. Well, big earthquake. Yeah, that's too bad. So sorry to hear about that. I hope... Uh, Hope that never happens again. Uh, and then lastly, before World War II, actually, this technically looks to be a World War II fact. But anyway, 1939, the United Kingdom and, Pol and Poland form a military alliance in which the UK promises to defend Poland in case of invasion by a foreign power. I wonder who they were talking about. Yeah, I do wonder who they're talking about. But smart move, Poland, okay? Go, just hide behind the British. That's, that's always been my technique. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're so tall. Oh, they are so very tall. Let's talk about three World War II facts all in a row. On August 25th, these things all occurred exactly two years apart. Mm -hmm. 1940, the first bombing of Berlin by the uh, British Air Forces. Mm -hmm. Two years later, where it's during the second day of the Battle of Eastern Solomons, a Japanese naval transport convoy headed toward Guadalcanal is turned back by an Allied air attack. Uh, a ship turned around? That's not a fact. Uh, then two years later, on the exact same day, Paris is liberated by the Allies. All of these things. There's a little weave being woven. Oh, there's one more. Sorry, four facts. Ten days after World War II ends, with Japan announcing its surrender, armed supporters of Chinese Communist Party kill U.S. intelligence officer John Birch, regarded by some as the first victim of the Cold War. Whoa. Yeah, I guess technically, because the, the World War II had just War's ended. over. Yeah. Yeah, killed in confrontation with the Chinese uh, communist soldiers a few days later after the war, and that's such a bummer. The war is over. He's coming home. Mm -hmm. Nope. <laughs> well, okay, nice. Uh, let's keep going. That was all World War II. It's a dark time in history, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, but luckily, I think this might be a good fact. 1948, Armand. 1948, the House Un-American Activities Committee holds first-ever televised congressional hearing confrontation day between Whitaker Chambers and Alger Hiss. Okay. Alger Hiss sounds all like of this a is good. Disney character. First of all, you know what confrontation day is? I mean, I guess it's where you accuse people of being un-American. Yeah. Well, it's how it goes, Armand, okay? It goes like this. I'm talking to you and I say, what are you watching right there? A little bit of association football. Mm -hmm. I challenge you to confrontation day. <laughs> you will now have to appear in front of the House of Un-American Activities. Here we go. I accuse Art Matt of being un-American. Mm -hmm. Confrontation begun. <laughs> no, no, listen. Association football has a history in of no. Mm -hmm. Okay, we have to read what these things are. Yeah. Um, what the hell is confrontation day? Was it a... <laughs> I, does, I do like how you implied it's a holiday where... It's kind of like uh, Festivus where you get to the air your grievances with people. Yeah, so you, get, you make a list throughout the year and then you say, meet me on, conference, on con confrontation day. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is the start of Joseph McCarthy, that really, really cool person who was just cleaning up, cleaning up a lot of. He kind of was like draining the swamp back in the day. You yeah. know, we had a lot of commies. 
in the government hidden in there. And uh, McCarthy was in there and said, I'm going to clean the swamp. So he informed the Un-American Activities Committee. Mm -hmm. Very cool. And uh, he is just a super cool, totally normal, really helpful person who helped create a really cool blacklist uh, full of the world's worst worst people in Hollywood. Charlie Chaplin, Orson Welles, you know. Mm -hmm. Some guy named Yip Habsburg. Yeah, he's a great name. So here's the real story, okay? Uh, so apparently uh, on July 31st, 1948, a committee heard testimony from Elizabeth Bentley, an American who had been working as a Soviet agent in New York. Got Elizabeth Bentley. She's a Soviet agent in New York. Uh, so she had named as a communist was Harry Dexter White, a senior uh, U.S. Treasury official. The committee subpoenaed Whitaker Chambers, who was a former Soviet spy and senior editor of the Time magazine. God damn those those soviets are so good yeah you know it's just like okay so chambers was uh named more than a half dozen individuals including alger hiss okay I, I'm, I'm trying to understand so that, this is just a big old snitching yeah that's what people were doing back then oh what's this right here it says that uh the the Reuben then blew giant gum bubbles while his co-witnesses taunted the committee with Nazi salutes. Reuben attended another session dressed as Santa Claus. Another occasion, he stopped him at the in entrance and arrested him for wearing a United States flag. He said, I regret that I have but one shirt to give for my country. <laughs> okay, that's pretty quoting, good. Quoting Nathan, Nathaniel Hale. So wait, this is this is J Jerry Rubin who we're reading about. Oh, no, Jerry Rubin. Jerry Rubin's super cool though. Look at look at all, look at look at look at this. Whoa. Look at this. Look at this. Yeah, counterculture icon. He ran the Yip, also known as the Yippies, Whoa. the Youth International Party. Whoa, interesting. Got two children. I don't know anything about this guy, but it looks like he uh, liked to stir the pot a little bit and smoke the pot. Oh. Apparently, let's 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 really quickly search the pot here, mm -hmm. and uh, let's see. Oh, damn it! Let's let's search marijuana cigarette. Here it is. Oh, he's a supporter of Black Power, the legalization of marijuana. He sounds cool as shit. Mm -hmm. um, okay, cool, awesome. This is the this is the real character. Whoops, uh, is uh, this Jerry character? Okay, this is the start of McCarthyism, right? Yeah. The Red Scare. Yeah. Um, cool. Doesn't look like we Let's keep going. get any. It doesn't look like we get any uh, any uh, resolution on any of that. So uh, that probably happens no. on a different day. But anyway, 1950. To avert a threatened strike during the Korean War, President Truman orders Secretary of the Army Frank Pace to seize control of the na nation's railroads. That's interesting. Mm, mm, okay, I wonder who gave that advice. Frank Pace, probably. I don't like Frank Pace. Okay. Uh, sounds kind of interesting fact, baby. They're taking over the railroads. I don't have much to say. Mm -hmm. um, Let's keep going. Yeah. 1961, President Juanillo Quadros of Brazil resigns after just seven months in power, initiating a political crisis that culminates in a military coup in uh, 1964. Well, at least they resigned. Yeah. That's, uh, that's nice of them. It's better than being, it's better than being assassinated, right? Better than the coup. Yeah. How long? He was he... known for his eccentric behavior. <laughs> Like resigning, <laughs> yeah, resigning while being being running and then being elected here, hmm. uh, exile and return to politics. Ooh, exile. He resigned, citably, citing foreign and terrible occult forces in his cryptic resignation letter. It often was said it was actually a move to increase his power, and he expected to return. Good scam. You become president, and you say, "Yeah, retire." 
Maybe you guys want to keep me? Maybe you beg me to stay and you give me some more things to keep me to stay? Maybe you say you could be president for life or something? Hmm? They go, it's not working, sir. That's interesting. Okay. Let's go to... Take us to 1967, Art Mad. Ni George Lincoln Rockwell. 1967. George Lincoln Rockwell, founder of the American Nazi Party, is assassinated by a former member of his group. Cool. Good job cool. assassinating nice. him. Yeah. Not cool yeah, that, job. He, that he did that. Yeah. Uh, 1980, Zimbabwe joins the United Nations. Hmm. So that's, that's good, except for there's a weird thing that happens. I'm just, I'm just a little confused, Art Mac. Is, in 1980, August 25th, the Zimbabwe joins the United Nations. Mm -hmm. Why is it that exactly one year later, Voyage, Voyager 2 makes its closest approach to Saturn? I just... Hmm. What does that mean? It's interesting. And then and then seven years later, Voyager... I'm taking your NASA facts, Art Mac. That's fine. Voyager 2 is its closest to Neptune. Why did they? Why are they happening on even dates like this? Yeah, does does it take exactly eight years to get from Saturn to Neptune? Is every single thing we measure where it's like it's one one year is how long it takes for the moon uh, the uh, Earth to go around the sun? Well, how long does it take for Saturn? Exactly seven years. How could it be that even? Mm. You know what I mean? Like it, I feel like there's some there's some shenanigans going on. A yeah. year might not be that long. It doesn't add up, does it? Doesn't add up, Art Matt. Also, there's more Voyager fact coming up here. Oh, hey, Zimbabwe joined the United Nations. Also, Belarus gained its independence on this day. Nice job. Oh, this is, it's been some good news for some countries on this particular day in August. Dad, yeah. It? People getting free. People getting free. Okay, I'm going to do one more boring fact because I'll leave you the next good fact here. Uh, Battle of Vukovor begins. 87-day siege of Vukovor by the Yugoslavian People's Army, supported by various Serb paramilitary forces between August and November. So there's a big battle, Yugoslavian people army, Serbs are supporting, very cool. However, Armand, today's one of the big, biggest days of all time. One of the biggest days in history of all time. Oh my God. Oh my God, we should be having the biggest party of all time. Wow, it says right here, 1991, number one, very good palindrome. Uh, Linus Torvalds announced the very first version of what will become Linux slash GNU. Actually, what you're referring to, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I thought I could get to it. I was so my hand was just I was just itching in the sea. Like, it's still gnu. It's still gnu. Okay. Uh, good job, Linus. Nice job, God. Mm -hmm. And after that, he became one of the most universally loved people ever. Yep. And, and, and uh, did no wrong. Yeah, just really, just really nice, uncontroversial figure here. Very cool. Uh, born in Finland. Very cool. Uh, if you didn't know, he's the grandson of the poet Ole Torvalds. Have you ever read any of Ole Torvalds' poems? No. Is it included in any, uh, you know, man pages or anything like that? Well, they're mostly just uh, ripping on the other poets here. Uh, they're they're pretty scathing. I would I would refer to them as scathing poems. Mm -hmm. um, do they say stuff but, like "How uh, dare you? Uh, how dare you break user space? Uh, we never do that. Your, your you code is fucking it. shit." And yeah, you're, you're familiar familiar with his poems nice job good job linus what a big day i'm excited <coughs> okay armet let's go to uh, 1997 egon krenz the former east german leader leader is convicted of a shoot to kill policy at the berlin wall uh okay is that a what's what what what's the shoot to kill policy that is a, a term in the German Repub Democratic Republic for standing orders authorized for the use of lethal forces to prevent uh, people breaking the wall. Okay, so this German leader says, hey, kill people if they try and uh, get over the wall. And then they said, that's illegal now. 
Yeah, especially in 1997, way after the German wall fell down. Long. Stop killing them. Yeah. The walls down. Shoot them. No, no, the walls down. Kill them. Stop shooting people. What? They're trying to like go up. They're trying to get to the tower to like tell them like that the law has changed. He keeps yeah. killing them. Yeah, he just he's just been stuck in there for like in a little turret for like uh, you know, 50 years, and is uh, oh. not 50, nowhere near 50. <laughs> I mean, I mean about 10 years. Um, hmm. Well, that's weird. Mm. So he still wanted to fight. They he really, he really liked that wall and wanted it to be you know, no, wanted to stand. Yeah, don't get over it. I don't care that East Germany's gone. You respect that wall and you don't cross it and stuff. It's still real to me. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, let's uh let's read another really sad fact here. I'll do this one, Art Matt, because you don't know who Aaliyah is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Two thousand one, American singer Aaliyah and several members of her record company are killed as their overloaded aircraft crashes shortly after takeoff from Marsh Harbor Airport in the Bahamas. Damn, overloaded? I didn't know that. Wow, this is another 2001 airplane tragedy, isn't it? Oh, God. 2001 was a dark year for airplanes, I'll tell you what. And the music here, real sad. Mm -hmm. Aaliyah does still live on today. Her music lives (laughs) on our match. She's going to be around forever. She does still live on today. That's promising. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay, yes. Matt, why don't you take us through the last three facts here and try and find some way for it to be happy? I'll give it my best, but in 2006, former Prime Minister of Ukraine, Pavlo Lazarenko, is sentenced to nine years imprisonment for money laundering, wire fraud, and extortion. Now, Began, uh, I know your family dabbles in a lot of different crimes, but wire fraud, remind me, is that when you have people wire you money and then you mess with it somehow and blah, blah, blah? Is that what wire fraud is? Yeah, well, here, here's here's with classic wire. There's a couple different techniques for wire fraud you can do. Um, so one technique that the Beagans kind of pioneered is the old classic. You actually have to physically find the wire that you're sending the money over here. Mm-hmm. And you, what you do is you have to have a couple people for this operation, typically three people, but two will be enough here. You have one person who is talking to the person convincing them to put the money over the wire. Right. Okay. And then you have another vegan sitting holding the wire. Another now, vegan. right when they make the transfer, you just immediately crimp the wire, right? Preventing the money from being able to be sent through the wire here, okay? Mm-hmm. Then what you do is you get them to say, oh, it looks like there was an error here. That money wasn't sent through. You got to send it in one more time, okay? Uh... So then the vegan keeps the money crimped. He informs them to say, send it one more time here. They send uh-huh. the money over again, not realizing the first money was going over. It's still the stuck initial there. Uncrimps the wire. Yep. And two money. Boom. Money, double money flows. Two mm-hmm. monies. And then you say, okay, we yeah, got it. Over. And then they, when they ask for uh, a return uh, wire, you say, sorry, it's crimped up. <laughs> it's all crimped up. It's all crimped up. What's sorry, that? Don't know what happened. Yeah. It's funny, Armand. Uh, it's it's funny because uh, I'm not joking that um, I only learned about the story about my family <clears throat> when I was younger doing a similar scam with uh, some uh, Game Boys, mm-hmm. the game Pokemon, and mm. the Wirelink cable here. Because uh-huh. you know this, right? Let's say let's say someone's over here. You say, "Hey, what's up? I'll give you uh, this Fuchs, and maybe uh, you give me that. Uh, I'll get, give you a Machamp, turn it into a Machoke." Did you say Fuchs? The moment they start that Fuchs, yeah, yeah, Fuchs. Fuchs? The famous duck? The, the Spiro. Oh. His name is Fuchs. You mean ducks? The far-fetched? Oh, I call him Fuchs. Okay, yeah. I just had to clarify that. Yes. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, sorry, yeah. You're right. Thank you, Armet. That's where I, I got Fuchs. that Fuchs. It, it, <laughs> I, call, I always call him Fuchs. Okay, whatever. Ducks, Fuchs, whatever. You can rename whatever you want. Just go go to go to, go to, go to Lavender Town. Um, but uh, 
what you do is you can you can literally take out the cable during the middle of a transfer and a couple things will happen one is someone game will get entirely corrupted <laughs> <laughs> and i mean i mean they can't play that game anymore mm-hmm. um two sometimes you get a free pokemon and their game's entirely ruined so sometimes it's like a twofer you'll steal their pokemon ruin their game and so I was doing this technique, you know, I got, I got in trouble at school a couple times yeah. and I came home and my parents were like, well, what are you doing? Oh my God. Get grandpa on the phone. Stealing so. Pokemon. <laughs> You're literally in team rocket. Through wire fraud. Yeah. That's, that's wire how I got my very fraud. first wire fraud. <laughs> wow. Wait. So that's, that's pretty great. So you would literally say, Hey, let's trade, you know, uh, let's trade your uh, trade. haunter for uh, my Gengar. And then you would go up to them. Unplug the wire and just and and just get them real good. And sometimes, sometimes it would corrupt their entire game. How- yep, hundred percent. I mean, this is a couple things would happen here. One, sometimes you would end up with two. I'm being very serious. There's three things that would happen. I we we would this happen. Okay. Mm-hmm. One is you would end up performing a successful transfer. Sometimes, sometimes it's successful. That was actually a little bit rare. Number two, the person who was being transferred from from would end up with a corrupted game. Mm-hmm. That was not the two. Uh, number three, sometimes you could get a cloning effect and you could actually duplicate. Like you could both end up with one, the same haunter. You oh, know? yeah, with the same so, ID number and everything. But so it's almost yeah, wh- always bad for the person who is sending the Pokemon. A hundred percent. That's the best part of it here, okay? So you got to just convince people to send you Pokemon. But that's the harder thing, Robert. How easy is it to convince someone oh my God. to let you give them one? How hard is it to say, no, no, no. You give me a Pokemon. Okay, mm-hmm. what happened last time? Don't worry about it. Begin, I, I can imagine such a great Pokemon, an actual physical Pokemon Team Rocket villain who, you know, let's take a let's take an ancient yes. Began, for example. Like, just saying, hey, uh, let's connect our Game Boys and uh, just send that Pokemon over. And then, oh, and also, will you connect your cable? I left mine at home. And then, okay, your Pokemon's just about on the way. Snip! And then you snip the wire so it's physically broken and damaged, and you get the Pokemon. Uh-oh, are you not recording anymore? All right, do you want me to relate anything? I'm still recording, so... Well, so there weren't any other good facts, everyone, and I don't even know whose birthday it was, and Began's uh, done recording, but I can still hear him, but you can't hear him. Began is saying, God damn it, God damn it. <laughs> I'm narrating. But anyway, uh... Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm going to save my audio. Began says that he loves you all and he misses me very much. And uh, he loves facts and history. And uh, he's not arguing against that. And he's going to give back every Pokemon he's ever stolen. Oh, that's such a good... What a great uh, August, uh, August gift for everyone. But bye, everyone. <laughs>